Right. So like, right. What's you get knocked come out of down that? and you get back up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh Smash my gosh. Did you just come up with that? <laughs> <laughs> Someone should write a song about that. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Last one in the studio. Yes. Yeah, I think I said that last episode, and I was wrong. So. <laughs> oh yeah, this is the real last. So this, this is, is episode thirty-three. Yes, it is. Which is very fitting because we're going to talk about the end of Christ's life and his yeah. opening up to eternal life. Thirty-three years on Earth, thirty-three episode. That was all planned. This is all oh, planned. Um, I'm getting a getting a note from our producer that it's uh, the thirty the thirty-second. No, is it really? Not. No, it's not. <laughs> no way. Oh, never mind, everybody. Clickbait. So uh, we'll end the episode here, and then <laughs> yeah, and we'll do another episode. episode. <laughs> so we have to also keep in mind that technically this this episode's airing. I mean, not that really matters, but it's airing on on Holy Week during Holy Week. It's airing. Right. Okay. So if you want to speak as though, I guess it's like at I think this Friday. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Don't are we? Don't worry. Is don't worry. Part of the, <laughs> is this part of the intro? Like, what are we doing? Heck yeah. Um. So anyway. Talking about the Triduum, yep. I'm very interested to see what Lee has to say because he brought in a book by Nietzsche. <laughs> right. <laughs> so he's like, let's talk about the Triduum. Um, I have The Gay Science by <laughs> Nietzsche. <laughs> Sometimes um, translated The Joyful Science. Yeah. Is that a know. more appropriate translation? I will, I see a lot of translations are The Gay Science. Remember, this is this is eighteen hundreds. Just a right. it was a different time. Yes, it was you know? a very different time. Um, yeah. So in in this uh, work, the gay science is where we get the famous "death of God" mm-hmm. uh, quotation from uh, the Madman. Um, you know, Peterson's talked a lot about that, um, and you know Nietzsche mentions it in other works. But this is like the full um, quotation. This right. is like the main yeah. the main one. Sorry, Wait, I what just, happened? I keep thinking about the 33 thing. We totally messed that up. Whatever. Yeah. Keep going. This is this 32nd episode? Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Okay. We'll stop. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, down. We'll, we'll release one episode that's <laughs> right, the yeah. 32nd. And then. <laughs> yes. Uh, just, just make it work. A public announcement by yeah. our producer. Yeah. So, you know, as I mentioned on our Ash Wednesday podcast, or our episode about that yeah. ash wednesday and holy thursday are my are my two favorite liturgies of the year mm. and ash wednesday and holy thursday holy thursday okay did i say that yeah yeah that's what oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah. and even when i really didn't like my faith or wasn't taking it seriously uh there was something about the holy thursday liturgy especially the ending mm. where usually they turn off the lights you go into another room right another you, yeah you process <laughs> 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 another, another what <laughs> sorry i thought you could say go into another realm it kind of, I mean... In a sense, every <laughs> mass is a bit like another realm. <laughs> oh, outside of time. Yeah. That's another yeah. Yeah. That's another episode. Yeah, that's another episode. Okay. Um, but, but there's something very solemn about yeah. it. The lights go down, the procession out, because yep. you know, it's like you're leaving the Last Supper. Um, but there's also the, the stripping of the altar. Yes. And um, mm. taking the Blessed Sacrament, like taking the Eucharist out of the tabernacles, and the tabernacles are usually left open, right? Yep, left open, emptied. Um, yep, and there, there's a there's sort of sort of this foreboding sense over it. Yeah, like that there's some something bad <laughs> is about to happen. Yeah, that's you, interesting. You know, and the, well, like there's it, a darkness that, well, and you get the sense that like God is not here. Almost. Right, right, right. And, yeah. and that's what I that's what mm-hmm. I want to get into is is and, you know the the last line 
of the uh, the the madman speech from Nietzsche is um, what after what after all are these churches now if they are not just tombs and sepulchers of God? Mm. In at Holy Thursday into Good Friday, in a sense, the church actually is a tomb. Yeah. Of God. Yeah. Right. You know the the soul is no longer there. Right. And the church remains sacred, as a dead body remains sacred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the soul, that the animating thing, is no longer there. Right, right. And I, I of course, didn't think of that when I was, you know, nineteen. Yeah. But you kind of you get mm-hmm. this sense that something is is departing the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's, like I said, the the dramatic scene, the symbolic scene of of stripping the altars. Now the the, the altars laid bare. Yeah. Um, it it, it becomes much more tomb like, mm-hmm. like a slab that you would lay mm-hmm. a body on, more than an altar for sacrifice. Right. Yep. Right, it, and that that was something that always like struck with me because again, just like Ash Wednesday, it's very primordial. Mm-hmm. It's like you're entering into the darkness of death, yeah, the death that everyone will experience, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's confronting you now. Is there a sense that like what the church is trying to get us to realize in that moment is also what is similar to what Nietzsche is trying to explain that we're entering as a culture when he says God is dead. I mean, like, are there parallels there to being like what, like that, that having to reconcile with what, what would it be like if God left us, and then kind of just sit with that? Yeah, I, I think mm. so because I also think that it's a, it's a great tragedy if you think about it. That like it's like God comes to Earth and mm-hmm. humans kill him. Yeah, yeah. And right. It's like that's well, I mean, I mean that that's what that like imagine like the mind of the apostles, right. um, or you know Saint John and, and Mary like looking at the cross and it's like this mm-hmm. is it like yeah. god is dead you know right um what now that's the question it's like what yeah. now yeah yeah I, I i think it works on multiple levels um to your point matt about <clears throat> there's sort of like the cosmic uh yeah. natural night that's descending yeah then there's mm-hmm. sort of like the the night of of if god did die mm-hmm. if god was removed what would happen and then there's all the way down to the individual of the descending darkness that everyone may feel yeah, at the approach right. of their own death, yeah, yeah. or even like these mini, um, these kind of like mini deaths yeah. all throughout life. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you know, in in that, um, you know, Nietzsche has probably you know maybe five kind of pillars of his philosophy, and the the initial pillar is the death of God, which mm-hmm. he then quotes or which he then attaches nihilism to. Is, is right. Mm. Not so much. Um, like we had this foundation on which we can act, but now if that foundation is gone, then who creates our sense of meaning? Who creates right. our sense? Of, yeah, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. Um, you know, obviously for Nietzsche, uh, the nihilism is not the pop nihilism of today. Yeah, yeah. Like, kind of do whatever you want, mm-hmm. but more of that. That place of value is gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So now right, right. that from that flows the second principle, which is the the revaluation of values. Mm-hmm. Which isn't um, inter- interestingly enough. It's not now that there are are new values to be created, but that the old values are reversed. Right. And he believed that this could happen because of Christianity. Actually, he said that the mm. Chris- Christians are the ones who flipped the values of mm. an- of the ancient world. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And the victim becomes a hero. It, well, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So he thought that this could happen again. Um, but he's actually right that mm. the death of Christ actually did reverse the values of the ancient world. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. That is a good point. And like the things that we uphold now are kind of, um, it's like a residue of a Christian culture. Right. Of like love, um, emptying oneself, loving your neighbor and all those things. Um, that wasn't necessarily a pagan idea, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's mm. a good point. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, whatever you think of, of Christ and, you know, whether he was who he says he was or he was mm-hmm. fake or whether or not the resurrection happened, there is no doubt, I think. If you have to be intellectualized, there's no doubt that what happened on Good Friday, the resurrection, all that, mm-hmm. some, something happened that fundamentally changed the world. Right. And particularly the Western world, mm-hmm. is that the values that they had in the Western world were reversed mm-hmm. and changed. Right. You know, of course, for Nietzsche, it was for the worst. Yeah, you yeah, know, it was, yeah. You know, because based on resentment and mm-hmm. all that. But he's right in so far as saying that the world did change. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I mean, like, it's not a coincidence that, like, paganism just faded away as Christianity was on the rise. You know, that those two, oh, right. two yeah. things are not separate. Um, mm-hmm. Like, Christ really does kind of do away. It, it is a new world, a new era that's ushered in um, where pagan, like, the worship of pagan gods and... All those, like, the remnants of that, that culture um, was really, uh, it, it just, it, it's a different, it's a different mindset, and it's almost antiquated now. Um, right. Yeah. Um, right. So, so it goes from the death of God, and then reevaluating yeah, values. Yeah, well, so it, yeah, it's nihilism, and then right. into the reevaluation. Okay. Um, but I guess yeah. his, like, foundation principle on which all that is built is the death of God. Hmm. And yeah, that sounds like happening. it <clears throat> fractally applies to something like death of your own God and yourself. Oh, right, yeah. Or your, your own ideals and stuff. When mm. that gets yep. knocked down, then you go into a time of reorienting and re, Precisely. re-evaluating your presuppositions, as Peterson would say. And then it's time to rebuild. Right, so like, right. What's you get knocked out of down that? and you get back up again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Smash my gosh. Did, did you just come up with that? <laughs> <laughs> Someone should write a song about that. 90s. Oh, anyway, of course, um, yeah, yes, yeah, because <laughs> um, yeah, you yeah. could, you can take um, something like the death of God as uh, a genus term mm-hmm. that has different species. So you yeah. have the death of God as Nietzsche meant it, mm-hmm. like philosophically, precisely, and then you have the death of your God mm-hmm. or your gods, right. the, the thing of highest value that dies within you. Interesting, mm-hmm. and right. then the night that kind of descends upon that. Yeah. Right. And the darkness that you feel, the disorientation, you know, the loss. Mm-hmm. Um, but from that comes new birth, you know, new life. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's obviously, you know, what, what everything is pointing to. Yeah. At, on Good Friday is it's not just the annihilation of a man on mm-hmm. the cross, but mm-hmm. right. for the sake of, yep. you know, resurrection and, and, and new life. So, yeah. What was, what was Nietzsche, um, what did he understand God to be? You know, like on a deep philosophical sense, um, as like the source of meaning for people. Yeah. Like what you know, what level is he articulating that God is dead, or is he quote like you know the, whatever God you believe in is dead or was like, it it's like, not a religious claim? I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought it was kind of like a, a, a an era that was ending. Like when he says that God is dead, is like the old way is done, and now we're entering into a new era. Yeah, I think that's one way because, you know, uh, someone like Heidegger interprets it like kind of Mm -hmm. broadly. It's Mm -hmm. like the death of transcendent principles. Right, that's what I was. The death of, you know, Well, like you said, there's a genus um, of God is dead, and then you can 
interpret yeah. that and right. not interpret it, but right. there's a lot of different meanings that can come from that. Right. So. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Because yeah. for Nietzsche, the death of God was to exalt man. Mm-hmm. It was that, that by displacing man's power to, to God, it was a devaluation. Mm-hmm. And, his, and the idea was these powerful instincts that you feel in these you know, overwhelming moments People say, "Well, you know, I'm, I'm filled with with God. I'm filled with the, the right, Holy Spirit. Right. I'm f- you know, I'm filled with the divine life." You would say, "No, no, it's you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, right. this is the gl- you know, no, mm-hmm. it's you who is filled with this. Like, mm-hmm. um, you should glory right in the magnificence of man. Yeah, and yeah. by giving it to God, you devalue your, yourself. Right, right. That's very interesting. Is um, I remember Ratzinger in Introduction to Christianity. He talked about how um, the death of Christ on the cross. It was a it was like the pinnacle of um, human evolution. And then he said, like, once he was resurrected, um, then, like, the, the, the potentiality of man, like, opened up mm. in, infinitely. And so, like, there's almost, like, like the, the death and resurrection of Jesus mm-hmm. almost mimics this as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, like, he has, like, he, he said, like, he has tra- transcended all bios. Right. That's like the, mm-hmm. the language yep. that um, mm-hmm. Ratzinger uses. Um, and so, like, you know, talk about the uh, uh, introduction to a new era where paganism falls away. Right. Um, it feels like, it sounds like Nietzsche's like, uh, like he's understanding that pattern, but then he's just using it in like this this way without yeah. transcendence. Yeah. In yeah. Sense, yeah. If that because makes sense. The Ubermensch is supposed to be an evolution of man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the exactly. next, right. he's the mm-hmm. next right. evolution. The and then Ratzinger's point is that Christ is already that Ubermensch, like Ubermensch, you know, yeah, yeah, in right, the sense yeah, of like right. uh-huh. he's the pinnacle of what man should be. Right. Um, there's no other transcendent. But Nietzsche was onto something in that <clears throat> man needed to do that. Right. And then the point is that Christ became man. Christ became <laughs> yeah, like that. That's yeah. the, the right. Yeah. God became yeah, man. That's the yeah. spoiler. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's um. It, it's very interesting that you know it's. The, that that pattern you're talking about is like to to sacrifice something. You know, it was literally to 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 make holy. Mm-hmm. Um, in that Christ is is in a sense sanctifying. You know, on the cross, sanctifying these these new values that he's he's putting to death the yes. old the old order. Yep. Yeah. Um, saying that you know righteousness or you know holiness is not in the law. I'm putting to death the law. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. To bring about the new law. The, the new yeah. law. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um. You know, there's also kind of the the motif of the um, what is it? Peterson talks about it. You guys might know what I'm talking about. Um, like the death of the king to revivify the world. Yes. Um, to establish like a, you know to put things right again mm-hmm. and to establish a new kingdom. So if Christ the king, right, sacrificing himself to to in- inaugurate mm-hmm. this new order mm-hmm. and to, um, I guess validate everything he said. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So far. <clears throat> yeah. And the, and the king is always um, a symbol of hope. Like when there's a coming of a king, mm-hmm. it's like now you look forward to a new society, you know, and and and, and that's what we kind of look forward to in at Easter. Um, but going back to the Triduum um, on Holy Thursday, have you ever been part of the stripping of the altar? Um, um I think maybe once. It was because um, now I'm trying to my my memory of the liturgy is a little foggy. You strip the altar after the distribution of communion. Is that correct? Um, and then, or is that after? Or is that after the entire liturgy? liturgy it's after. It's, it's done. It's after everything's done. Yeah, because 
Right, because then you strip the linens. Yeah. Um, and so I've been part of stripping of the altar where they pour wine on the altar mm. mm-hmm. and they wash the altar with wine. Mm. Um, but when you like, you have this imagery of a bare altar which resembles a tomb, and then a bottle of wine just spilled on top which yeah. resembles blood, mm-hmm. and it's like it's like the the symbolism is like just so yeah, visceral, clear, yeah, and vi- yeah, um, and so. Just, just that imagery. I remember as a mm. seminary and helping out with that. It's like mm-hmm. this is like this is intense. Mm. It's very, um, yeah. Just is very, that the very liturgy clear. where they also like go out of the church into like, yeah, it, into the garden. Yes. Yeah. That's right, that right. new. Yeah. Not yeah. yeah. That's what I was talking about. Not the new realm. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Another room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if if a church has yeah. a chapel, uh-huh. uh huh. If a parish has a chapel, it's usually in the chapel. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but yeah, it's a powerful, powerful liturgy. A lot of symbolism there. I mean, the whole triduum, every day that takes place, there's a lot there. Strictly speaking, it's one liturgy. Mm. So right. the triduum is actually one liturgy that takes place over three days. Interesting. Um, which is why on Holy Thursday, at the end of that, I don't know, like liturgy, quote unquote, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, <laughs> at the end of mass that mm-hmm. day, um, there's no um, dismissal. Um, there's no um, that makes sense. go forth the mass is ended. Yeah. It's mm. you, everyone remains in goes to the chapel mm-hmm. where the altar reposes. You adore our Lord, and the church is emptied. Mm-hmm. And then Good Friday, that's a commemoration, right? Uh, it's right. a continuation of that same liturgy, where we remember in an acute way mm-hmm. the death of Christ, and then on Easter, uh, on a Holy Saturday, uh, the liturgy does not begin begin with. Um, the Lord be with you. It's just, yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. it just, you just go right into it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no introduction. Um, so that, that one liturgy is carried out throughout three days. Mm. So, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, because there's really no proper understanding of the crucifixion without the resurrection and vice yeah, versa, right. you know? So like right. to celebrate it as one makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 Cause that, like you said, the, you know, the coming of a new King is, uh, like a symbol of hope. Yeah. Without that, you just have the crucifixion, right? So it's like, and it's dark. You're left, right. kind you're of left in the dark. Um, and it's interesting that Holy Thursday also begins. It, that's the that's the mass of um, our Lord's Supper. It's it's the Last Supper, mm-hmm. um, and that's where we celebrate the institution of the Eucharist and the priesthood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not a coincidence, you know. Like I think on the face of it, it's like okay, Mass of the of, of the Last Supper. Then you have the crucifixion on Good Friday, and then you're celebrating on the uh, on Holy Saturday the Easter Vigil. Yeah. It's like what does what does that mm-hmm. Last Supper thing have to do? Mm-hmm. Um, but you find that actually in the Gospels, every single Gospel, all four Gospels, before he goes to his death, the Last Supper takes place, like right before, immediately mm-hmm. before. Um, and so that that's I think um, in a way. Um, the evangelist pointing to saying like this is the same thing, <laughs> you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Mass is the same exact thing as mm-hmm. um, the sacrifice on Calvary, right? Um, just in an unbloody way is yep, how we yep. would say that. Um, and so you celebrate the Last Supper, literally the the same sacrifice as Christ uh, uh, on the hill of Calvary, and then you remember His mm-hmm. passion, death, and resurrection. Um, Does the church like teach that the Last Supper was technically the first Mass? Yeah. Right? 
Yeah. <laughs> I just said yes. Yeah. And he's like, don't yeah, worry yeah. with you. And yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> There's exactly. an altar rail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was said in Latin, actually. Yeah, you know? There was. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was the first Mass. Uh-huh. Um, do this in remembrance of me. Right. You know, Christ offering up himself in the Eucharist to his Father. Same thing that happens on Calvary. So, mm. um, the symbolism there is, pre- yeah, pretty, pretty good. You just got to be pay attention. I think um, also we get so caught up in um, in the the planning for the Triduum and like you know okay now the th- like the two and a half hour thing mm-hmm. that happens on Good Friday and you're you know looking forward to Easter. Yeah, it's easy to lose sight of these symbols and like what's exactly happening. Um, it, like I wasn't really made aware until I became a seminarian in planning for. I would MC a lot of the you know the mm-hmm. liturgies. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until um, Father Winslow actually was pointing out, like, so it's one liturgy mm-hmm. split over three days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just helped me grasp the practicalities of, like, what's yeah. going on and how the liturgy moves. Mm-hmm. Um, but even beyond practicality, to be aware that's like, yeah. this is what we're entering into. Right. Um, it's this one liturgy that all of Lent has been leading up to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I think it's it's much, it, you, you begin to, glimpse at what it's really about when you see it like that mm-hmm. because then again you have like at the end of lent it's like okay so at the end of lent is easter yes but the the the, the good friday thing <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, death yeah. of christ is actually right just as important uh-huh. um the mass the institution of the mass that's right. just as important right right um we, you have to understand those things mm-hmm. um it, it's like one mystery so mm. yeah yeah, that's good and stuff. Easter, you know, you said your favorite, or your favorite um, liturgies was Holy Thursday, Ash Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I, like, yeah, those are good. Those are good choices. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what those are talk. good, but I disagree. <laughs> yeah. I'm a Christmas guy myself. <laughs> yeah, right. No, um, it's, I always it's the uh, it's the melancholic. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, I get it. I get. I get. <laughs> you don't have to explain it to me. I get it. <laughs> um, no, I I always loved um, the Easter Vigil. Um, going into darkness, yeah. and then the exalted is sung. Yeah, yeah, with all the light, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the lights fully come on at the um before the epistle. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. I think for me, like that's just that was um powerfully symbolic. I, I have an affinity to that stuff. So yeah, I guess it's one of the few um things that's really the the true one that's remained um fairly intact when it comes to the symbolic nature. Of it, yeah. You know, there's not many other uh, liturgies or masses like that. There were some, you know, in the old form. Yeah, had masses that would take place early in the morning, and then would, um, uh, as the consecration happens, the light, you know, the light rises. Right. The the sun rises. The Rorate Um, mass. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In some masses, uh, celebrating the changing of feasts, or I'm sorry, changing of seasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like it, it was sort of a rhythmic and cosmic. It was getting in kind of in touch with the whole world cycles mm-hmm. and everything like that. Yeah. Um, but the Triduum retains its, its uh, kind of reliance on darkness yeah. and light mm. and fire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. You even have like the plunging of the can of the Paschal candle into mm-hmm. the water, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, fructifying the water, yep. you know, mm-hmm. this, um, uh, you know, this, this imagery of, of, like union and marriage and stuff, mm-hmm. it's all there. You know the the, the recitation of creation story. You know yeah, it's yeah. it's still heavily symbolic. Yeah. Uh, that other liturgies, you just 
don't necessarily have right. as much anymore. Yeah, it's so much so that um, you know uh, the diocese every every diocese decrees that um, that the Easter vigil is not to be celebrated until sundown. Um, right, and so there's a law mm-hmm. which says like don't because that's part of the symbolism. Right, right. Um, so that's pretty powerful like, yeah. to say like the church is like taking this so the symbolism so seriously right. that you're not allowed to start until sundown. Yeah, well, yeah. um, it's not like it's not like an arbitrary thing. Like, well, why can't we just start yeah. half hour earlier right, and right. like it's you know we can get in time for dinner. You know, <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's like no, no, no. no. <laughs> right. This is mm-hmm. this is part of it. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that that speaks just to the um, restoration. Um, of creation to the full, like mm-hmm. you know, this is not just this is not symbolic on a um, like intellectual sense, but actually, like Christ did redeem darkness itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and right. that's like that's the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when when you're, it, it's really fascinating because you begin in darkness, the Easter Vigil. Um, everything's dark. Christ is still dead, and then the light comes on. With, with the Easter candle and it spreads throughout the church and everyone has mm-hmm. their own candles. And then in the exalted, um, there's a phrase where it's like, even dark has become as bright as day. Um, right. Mm. Right. And it's like that idea that's like death has like now lost its power right, right. and darkness is yes. not even dark anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, um, and that's a reversal of an ancient value. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, yeah. You know, that death is the final annihilation or is there a state of blessedness after, you know, after life and, you know, I, I don't think people always really understand that, you know, the ancient world is pretty bleak. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. When it comes exactly. to both life and death right. and, and, yeah, and yeah. what happens afterwards. But yeah. the Christian message is there is hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, you know, in even, like, uh, as you said, even in darkness, there's light. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, as in, in the Psalms, you know, even darkness is not dark for you. Yeah. Mm. Um, right. That the yeah, whole, yeah. like I like said, the whole thing is is redeemed. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And there has to be um, like kind of the natural coherence between symbols. Of, uh, it has to be darkness in order for you to get into this this sense of God has departed us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Uh, otherwise, you know, if, if it's happening in the middle of the day, you, it's not the same. I'm right. You have your mm-hmm. candle, but then the sun's like in your yeah. eye and yeah, right. your birds yeah. chirping. It's like, what's going on? Yeah, it's the difference, you know, when people talk about, you know, like watching like a scary movie, yeah. you know, at 12 in the afternoon right. is yeah. not the yeah, same. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> exactly. it's it, the whole natural cycle again around you gets you into the symbolic world and thinking of, this is life without God. Yeah, right. This exactly. is if God has truly died, as Nietzsche said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Nietzsche employed the use of darkness mm. as right. well. That you know that you know the, the the death of God was a setting sun. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. That, that there were still rays of light, and mm-hmm. that but once the sun had set, yeah, that's when things right were going to get bad. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we we also have to use that imagery. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, you know. For all our listeners out there, I urge you. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. Um, to, to, um, no, no, to really pay attention, though, to the words of the Exalted. Yeah, um, totally. I think the Exalted is kind of like a... Um, it's like describing a myth, almost, like the Christian myth. Mm. Um, it talks about, like, Adam's sin, um, like the darkness that we fell into, uh-huh. um, and then the hero that rises from that and then restores all of creation. Um it's, all, it's like I'm reminded of kind of like this like cliche image of like a troubadour or like a, a bard. Like, let me sing you a song mm-hmm. of like the tale of a great hero, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and that's what we're hearing uh, as like a summary of the Christian myth, mm. um, which informs our entire lives. 
And then after that, we sit down and we actually hear how that has taken place in history right. in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. That's why we're given so many readings mm-hmm. is to actually go through like, okay, that's the myth. That's the summary. Yeah. Sit down, listen to the history of it. Right. And then yeah, wow. we're alive again. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it's pretty, pretty epic. So yeah. pay attention. Yeah. I have the exalted right here. It's. It's, sing um, the whole thing. Yeah. I, I wish I could. Dude, it's it. so hard to sing. This, I, had to, uh, I had to sing it when I was a deacon. Really? Um, mm. Thankfully, it was during COVID, so nobody was <laughs> <It's> there. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah, and I had my N95 mask. And no, I didn't. No, <laughs> nobody was there, but thousands of people were watching on live stream. Yeah, right? not, no. oh my gosh. <laughs> it was live stream, but it wasn't, um, hopefully it wasn't thousands. Yeah, <laughs> it was such a difficult chant, though. Yeah. It's about like nine minutes long when it's chanted. Wow. Yeah. Um, almost 10, depending on how your pace mm-hmm. is. But because you're the only voice, if you screw up, it's like, where do you find yeah, your place yeah. again? Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Um, I th- like I did okay. And like it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. I don't give but, myself a beep. You're right. right. Yeah. I, you know, man, I have, the, so I have the, the the madman from. Nietzsche and, and the Exalted in each hand. I wish I could com- read them both for you and compare them, but it would take a, a long time. I feel like people would get bored listening. Yeah, right. It's funny. Uh, um, yeah, so a lot of good stuff. So Holy Saturday is also the time when Christ descends into hell. Right. Yeah. And then essentially kind of fulfills the the ultimate version of rescuing your father from the underworld. Yeah, right. Um, right. right. We were talking about that a little bit yes, uh, yesterday. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not recording these back-to-back. <laughs> Last time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, that I, I do find that really interesting as a, uh, as kind of just, you know, looking at it the way Peterson would look at it in the kind of psychological approach of um, finally being able to fulfill everything that's come before you and then move on to mm-hmm. a new uh, a new way of life. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a really interesting imagery. Jonathan Peugeot talks about this a lot in his... Um, he has kind of a breakdown of the icon mm-hmm. of the crucifixion where underneath there's like a the skull. Right. Um, yeah, right. And this like cave-looking thing. Yep. And then the uh, the icon of the descent into hell is like... It almost looks like you zoomed into that little spot of the crucifixion, and it and it, it goes into Christ pulling everybody out of hell. Yeah, right. Adam and old prophets. Um, yeah, it's just a really really interesting idea that you know the even the iconographers knew that you know like right. like the, they just yeah. had this in, the the sense that you could look at something on a psychological sense and be like, yeah, this is what it means to rescue your father from the grave, but then also see it in like religious terms. And the fact that it layers on so many levels, like we've been talking about with Nietzsche and being like, what level is he talking about culturally or, yeah. mm-hmm. or on the individual level? It's like, it's actually all of them because <laughs> it works fractally. Right. Um, it's just a really interesting to, to, to ponder on, especially during the, the liturgies. Yeah. Yeah. I, certainly from St. John of the Cross to, Jung would say that you're going yeah. to experience some sort of psychological or spiritual annihilation, a crucifixion, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know, internal, internally, obviously. Uh, it's so it, it's not just an event that happens externally, you know, Christ, right. Christ event is, is the same as Nietzsche's like death of God. It's, it yeah. works at all these levels mm-hmm. down to your level, yeah. down, down to the yeah. individual. Um, and it's just, uh, 
in a sense, a, a, a matter of time and, and, and preparation mm-hmm. or when your when your own kind of yeah. internal one right. comes. Yeah. The, um, descent into hell is a very important thing. And this is, um, something I, I preach about on the Ascension, um, 40 days after mm-hmm. Easter, um, because St. Paul, he says, um, he references his descent um, oh, yeah. when he talks about his ascension, which is interesting. It's like the opposite. Mm-hmm. But he says in Ephesians, he says, what does he ascended mean except that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth? Mm. The one who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Mm-hmm. He has to fill right. all things. Right. And that means death itself too. Mm-hmm. Um, like if he didn't descend it, then there's no real sense that he actually redeemed all of creation. Right. He had to, he had to pierce the shadows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause then there would be le- like left pockets of mm-hmm. humanity that are left untouched mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, and I think that's what Paul is getting at right. is that like, if he ascends to the highest then he had to descend to the lowest. Right. Um, right. So um, yeah, that's um, it's not just a little cute tradition that, you know, iconographers or saints like yeah, thought yeah. of like, Oh, descended into hell. Mm-hmm. Like there's a deep theological meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, into that descent. Yeah. Well, descent. It, it, yeah. it leaves it, uh, it's like there's no place left untouched. Yeah. Right. By Christ. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's, um, might be all the gospels, but in Matthew, there's the, the loud cry from the cross mm-hmm. that Christ yeah. gives. Yeah. And the, the Greek, I did a paper on this in summary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, uh, the cry from the cross in the Greek is not a cry of anguish. But a cry, uh, he said, almost like of a victory and of mm. and of mm. uh, like a, a, a soldier's charge. Wow. Really, um, before he mm-hmm. you know gives up the ghost mm-hmm. where he dies. Yeah. Um, so it's almost as though Christ is then giving out this kind of battle cry, yeah. mm. dying and then charging into hell essentially mm. and robbing hell. That's, That's crazy. Cool. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Um, and in in this icon, you yeah, you have like this opening abyss. Yeah, and it's like that mm-hmm. this abyss is opening before Christ for him to enter into, right? Mm. And rob it, like I said, mm-hmm. of yeah. of and steal you know the souls that are mm-hmm. there right, in a sense right. and, and ransom them. Um, yeah. it's a it's a very cool image. Yeah, um, that it's it's not like a it's not Christ's abandonment and and defeat on the cross, yeah, but yeah. his his victory right. on the cross. I never heard of that actually. That's that's new to me. Yeah, I, I don't. Like I said I don't know if it's on. on all I don't the read scripture in the original Greek. But <laughs> yeah, well, neither do I. I <laughs> just a few words here and there. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Um, actually, in um, in Dante's Inferno, there's a really cool image of um, while Virgil and Dante are going through hell. Um, there's cracks along the walls, and Virgil mm. um, explains to Dante that that's actually um, uh, when Christ descended into hell. Um, right. Yeah. That's cool. That he left like scars in hell. Um. And so uh, even hell itself is mm-hmm. affected by yeah. Christ's victory. Yeah, it's like um, they, there's no place, again, that Christ has not touched it. There's nothing. It's like, well, I redeemed everything except there's this one part I couldn't go yeah, into. Exactly, it's like, right. no, I, I went there. Yeah, exactly. And, and you that, were powerless to stop me. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. And the idea in the Divine Comedy is that even hell itself recognizes the full victory mm-hmm. of Christ. Yeah. Like the, the, and right, the, right. those scars on the wall yeah. are a testament to that. Wow. Yeah. So, and it makes me think all the way down to the individual level of something, you know, uh, like the dark night again, where you're, you know, you feel this aloneness, mm. and yeah. so cool. It's actually <clears throat> Christ descended into into hell, mm-hmm. and he'll descend into your hell as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah, know, exactly. he, like he'll be. You know, there's. It's not as though there's any place in which you can truly be. Yeah. 
away from God, mm-hmm. right. even if you feel that. Right, right. But even then, there's there's no place he he is not. Yeah. Um, I, I think the dark night of the soul is another like death of God term, and you know, so many people use it. Like, in, like I've heard it in mm-hmm. songs before. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, and I'm no, like, you know, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. You know, <laughs> in, in movies, God is not dead. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I think there's another way you can kind of split up the term. That there's again the technical sense in which Saint John the Cross meant it, but then there's the various ways in which you maybe go through like a natural dark night, which is again the, the sense that the most important thing to you, the highest value. Mm-hmm is now gone mm-hmm. or absent from you. Yeah. And you're kind of put into this mm. spiritual confusion. Right. Interesting. Right. Uh, St. John uses some imagery um, in the dark night, like being swallowed by a beast mm. and being in the belly of the beast mm-hmm. during this, during this time. Um, recalling Jonah. Yep. I mean, he's, he's relying on that image. He, he, mm-hmm. he quotes that, but it, it, it seems as though everyone's kind of like circling all these authors and, and from Jung to Peterson mm-hmm. and all them, they're circling this idea that there's something that happens to a person in these moments of anguish where they, they enter some sort of beast mm-hmm. in, and they're in darkness. Yep. But from there, they're born to something new. Is yeah. that dark night like at the top for St. John of the Cross? Like kind of at the culmination of the ascent? Yeah, I, I guess you could... Um, It could be Dantean in the sense of you are... You experience going down, but you're yeah, actually yeah. going up. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Isn't right in, yeah, yeah. in the inferno, yeah. right? Yeah. Isn't that? Yeah, they come out well, of hell as, and then it's yeah. like the middle of the world. Well, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, once he gets to the center of hell, um, he is climbing up, but then he experiences it as climbing. No, I'm sorry, he's climbing down. Oh, he's, I'm sorry, he's climbing up to get out of hell, <laughs> yeah. and then um, once he passes the uh, equator, yeah, yeah, he senses Feels gravity. Uh huh. And he's like, wait, we're going back to hell. And then yeah. Virgil's like, no, 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 we just passed the equator. We're, we're actually going uh-huh. up. Right, because he looks back into hell and it's upside down. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So right. it, which is a commentary on hell. Yeah, Everything's yeah, yeah. upside down. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? but, well, and like in the overarching, like the, the macrocosm of that yeah. imagery is you, in order to get to heaven, you have to go through hell. You right. Know, of course. So, well, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. But yeah. so it, I guess you could term it either way because obviously he has the book, St. John the Cross has the book, Ascent of Mount Carmel yep. going up. Mm-hmm. But you could experience the darkness as a as a going down. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, right, right. But right. And but, so as you're progressing in your spiritual journey, mm-hmm. um, that darkness is actually a sign of your progression. Right. right. But it can mm-hmm. seem like it's regression. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Because yeah. it's this absence, again, this death of God. Yeah. yeah. Nihilism. Lack of, almost, lack of you know. feel like you're alone. You feel right. like you're alone. Yeah. Wow. Very interesting. That's good stuff. You have yeah. anything else on like Spy Wednesday or anything? <laughs> Spy Wednesday. I guess yeah, we should, yeah, I guess yeah, we yeah. really should mention <laughs> all of this is is for the purpose of of resurrection though. You know, yeah. like I, I as a Ash Wednesday oh, guy, sure, of it's course. like you know very right. morbid, right? Uh-huh. But you know the the there is the there is the hope of the resurrection. Yeah, you know that um that your sort of dark night spiritual annihilation mm-hmm. is not uh like a Buddhist getting rid of the yeah. self, but it's for yeah. greater. It's for a spiritual resurrection. Exactly. You know? Yeah, that's a good point to be yeah. transformed. That is true. There's light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. And and without the resurrection, like Paul says, like your faith would be, be in vain. Um, right. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. Um, Spy Wednesday. Yeah. Any uh, significant thoughts? <laughs> significant? I don't know. Well, you know, actually, um, I think the significance of Spy Wednesday, that's a day where it, it's a tradition where Judas um, 
betrayed our Lord. Yeah. And, um, and so that's what we remember that, um, that like the plot to kill Christ mm-hmm. is in motion. Right. Um, but I think it's interesting that we call it Spy Wednesday because uh, it, it shows how our Lord's suffering was not just physical, but it was also a betrayal of all his friends, mm. right? And That's so, true. Um, yeah. there's a sense of like we're even we're we are remembering his suffering on all levels. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's easy right. to you know to to just kind of pass by our Lord's passion as like, well, that that must have been hard to carry his cross of Calvary. It's like, yeah. Well, what is the weight of sin, right, in its entirety? It's not right, just right. physical, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also this betrayal of friendship, of love. Right, and so right, our right. Lord's suffering was more than just, like, yeah, more than just um, bleeding out on the cross. Right. Um, yeah, it's to have all your friends betray turn you. On you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think, like, wow. I, I think it's pretty insightful to 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 have a day where we commemorate mm-hmm. um, Judas actually betraying his friend, and that's why, again, going back to Dante, um, like Judas um, occupies the deepest spot in hell, where he's being mm-hmm. chewed in the mouth of Satan mm. for eternity. Um, because that's like the betrayal of trust and friend, yeah, uh, right. friendship. Um, yeah, yeah. So, good stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. You have anything on Spy Wednesday? Yeah, I haven't really thought about it's much a funny. It's a funny title. I mean, yeah. you, you you picture like Judas with like this like mustache. devilish mustache <laughs> and like a yeah. monocle, you know? <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> and I don't know. Is yeah. that how spies? Look? That's not how spy looks. <laughs> yeah, actually, I don't know that liturgy. Are they? Um, is it that? Uh, Judas is is telling the Pharisees where where they're going to be meeting. I think right that they are going to. He makes meet. the trade for silver. Yeah, he makes the the trade for money. Yeah. I I, I remember <laughs> when I was a seminarian, um, I went to mass on Wednesday morning, like a Novus mm-hmm. Ordo mass, and um, one of the priests at my at the parish was guilt tripping me into going to the Latin mass mm-hmm. in the evening. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go. Um, and so I went, and I didn't know this until 25 minutes into the gospel mm-hmm. um, that oh <laughs> the um, the gospel in the EF on Spy mm-hmm. Wednesday is the passion narrative, and wow. it was chanted oh, in Latin. Yeah. Oh my and gosh. so, like, it was like a two and a half hour liturgy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And here I was thinking, like, oh, I'll just go to an mm-hmm. extra, you know, it's mm-hmm. like a 28 minute mass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't, yeah. Wow. I didn't know it was the um, passion. Geez. I thought it was just, uh, yeah, the yeah. segments were. Yeah, no, yeah. it was, it was um, interesting. Yeah, the passion narrative for the gospel. Yeah. Perhaps it's a, yeah, it's a commentary that people are willing to sell their highest ideals for, for money. For money or yeah. influence yeah, yeah. or whatever it is. Right. You know. So, mm. good yeah. place to end it, though. Uh, let's jump to the, Members only block. Um, you can go to basicallyrelated.com for our weekly bonus episodes. Happy Easter, y'all.